We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Welcome into a Tuesday, March 7th edition of the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We're joined by a fantastic guest, now pretty much a regular on this thing every couple weeks or so, Quincy Carrier. What's up, Quincy? How are you, man? You know, I'm, I'm doing my best uh, surveying Twitter out there uh, to make sure that I apologize for Nick Chubb and everybody else involved. Um, you know, just just doing my best to to serve the Cleveland Browns, right? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you here's my analogy, if you and this is coming from and you were talking off air to me just a second ago and I was like, stop, man, we got to keep this organic. When you wade into the waters of certain topics of the Browns, you are like going into a hurricane because like you're going to go out, you're going to hit it. You're going to hit the hurricane and hit the first wall and hit the 120 mile per hour winds. It started with like first it was John Dorsey. That was kind of the first big one I could remember. John Dorsey coming in, taking over kicking out Sashi Brown, that Sashi war. Then it moved into who do they draft at quarterback? That was a huge war. Then it was the eventual decision to get rid of Baker Mayfield. Uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a huge thing. Actually, Freddie Kitchen's decision was in between there. But there's a lot of scar tissue. So there are a lot of just if you have stuck around Twitter from like 2017 to 2023, you got a lot of scar tissue. And some people are so tired now at the end of this uh, promising stretch that they had where they just want to argue everything. And man, if you like, if you wade into the waters right now of a logical um, side, both sides can be very logical of the Nick Chubb trademark. You're going to get some angry people, man. You're going to get really angry people. You're going to hit the eye of the hurricane right in the middle where it's like, okay, maybe this is over. It's good. And then some people are going to find your tweet like the next two or three days. It's going to start all over again because this is funny is that we've already done this, this off season already. And we're only March 6th and we've gone through this Nick Chubb trace, like Ken Carmen was talking about it a while back. Like we've done it. And then we re-entered the fold today. I think it's because maybe, I don't know if Zach Jackson wrote, I don't know who wrote something. Somebody wrote something or it was, um, was it was a Matthew Barry. I think the fantasy guru, Matthew Barry, maybe put something up about the Browns offense changing and a, some whispers about Nick Chubb potentially being traded. And listen, I'm going to open it up to you, man. I know you are firmly on the side of keeping Nick and I, I like hearing arguments on this. And, um, 
I'll, uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead, man. Talk, talk me through what, what you think about the whole thing. I think it's easy to get caught up in the potential of things and that make you downplay what the reality of these things are. Um, and I think the Nick Chubb conversation is a perfect example of that. Because when it comes to moving Nick Chubb, we're not talking about somebody who's extraordinarily expensive like Tyreek Hill, right? Or somebody who is on like a crazy deal. Um, we're talking about Nick Chubb, who he set to make a decent amount of money, especially for a running back, but it's not like league resetting. And I'm not even talking about Jake, like resigning him. This was the interesting part of the conversation. I'm just talking about keeping him on the roster for the next two years. And then we also know how bad running back trade value can be. And to me, it's like, I just don't see how you're going to get anything more valuable um, for Nick Chubb that helps you win this year and next year, because we know that this team needs to win uh, significantly more in the next couple of years. Because, like, everybody's around that age where it's, it's win now time. Um, and I don't see how you put together a team that's better without Nick Chubb in it. Um, and I don't see how getting rid of Nick Chubb brings you to a better team. Now, you could do different things with them. You can make a different team, but a better team? Like, how often is it that you get a guy like Nick Chubb? Like, honestly. Like it, we, the, he's the first guy in this franchise in like 20 years, put up the kind of numbers in the running back position that he has he had. And I get that running backs not seen as that coveted, but it's still not common to get a guy like that and to get rid of him for what would be pretty unremarkable returns for what is an all pro player. Um, I just don't think that that's helpful towards winning. And I know that people say, Hey, you got to have good players in, in this position, in this position here. And I think that that's important. Um, in in the macro of it, but in the in, in the micro of it, I think we get too caught up into what position somebody plays, and I think sometimes you just need dudes. You know what I mean? Like football can be such a complicated scientific sport, but it's also a real simple one. And you know this from you've you've called games and you've played in these games, um, and you know that sometimes it just comes down to who has a dude, and we know that Nick Chubb is a dude. How long will he be a dude? I don't know, but it doesn't seem like he's going to decline next year or the year after that, but it might be after that he declines. But as of right now, he's a dude. And I don't think you should get rid of any, and when you're trying to win now, you shouldn't be getting rid of any guy that you consider a dude that you don't have to get rid of. Um, I know people can comp to the Tyreek Hill situation. This is much different. Tyreek Hill wanted like $40 million at wide receiver. This is not the same thing with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's going to be making the same amount of money in the next two years. And, I look at this offense and it's like, hey, outside of maybe if Deshaun gets back to form, he's a legit dude. Um, other than that, like Amari Cooper can be a good player. He's a really good player, but he's not necessarily somebody who's considered a dude in this league, right? And we know the distinction there between that. You don't really have those on offense. And to get rid of one, I just, I think is kind of missing the points where, yes, technically you could do some things. And I see that there's an argument for it. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, you need great players. And we're not in the position to be giving away great players, especially on offense. Um, and Nick Chubb's one of the few great players that we have right now on offense. And I just think having that guy on your team, you know, it, it, and I got into this argument with people, Jake, and I, I don't know if I'm off base with this, but if this team gets to the Super Bowl next year or the year after that, I think I think it would be ridiculous to think that Nick Chubb wouldn't be a big part of that. He's not going to be the only reason, but I think he would be a big part mm -hmm. of that. All very fair. I, I think 
what what is no noteworthy here, and it's a phenomenon that goes on in the off season where you do these hypothetical trades, is that people think it's a video game. Mm. I I think what we should do is the exercise of hey, let's just look at trades within the running back position in the last decade. You ready to do this? Because mm-hmm. it's way quicker than you think. All right. So two trades happened. Um, actually, I take that back. Five trades happened in 2022. The biggest one and the one that centered around a running back that actually had return that mattered was McCaffrey. Second round, third round, fourth round, and a fifth round in 24. So four picks. That's a pretty good return. But you have to remember that when McCaffrey's right, he's a dual faceted player that Nick is just not. He's just not. Nick does not bring the pass catching prowess, the route running, all of that on that side of things that Christian McCaffrey does. So you have to remember that when you look at how San Francisco uses that position. Other trades, just just random guys, right? James Robinson goes to Jacksonville for a six round pick or sorry, goes to New York, uh, the Jets for a six round pick. Chase Edmonds was a part of the trade that Denver gave up. uh, Sorry, received. Uh, for Bradley Chubb, but that was centered around the first-round pick that Denver got back. Uh, Jeff Wilson goes for a fifth-round pick. Miami acquires him largely because Mike McDonald knows Jeff Wilson really well. That's why he makes the trade. Uh, fifth-round pick and Zach Moss go to Indy for Naheem Hines. Again, not much. The only trade, as I go back, 2021 had two. Mark Ingram went for a seventh-round pick. Sony Michelle went for a fourth and a sixth. Um, 2020 had a few, but again, all of them sixth-round picks here essentially Lynn Bowden but he's not really a running back I'm not even going to count that one Matt Breida went for a fifth David Johnson was a part of the DeAndre Hopkins deal but that was really centered around again the 2020 second round pick that they ended up getting not really David Johnson uh, famously that trade went great for Houston fantastic too, you know? oh lovely <laughs> giving up the talented player getting back David Johnson Ross Blaylock or Blacklock and then a fourth round pick in 21 it, you know, we run into this argument, too. It's like, hey, how much is it? Is it worth it to have one great player or three or four solid players? It's the question. And the, the older I get and the more football I watch, the more I'm just like, just give me a great player. Because I see the great players achieve great things. Um, and I see decent players. They achieve moderate success. Like, it, it's just... You know, we, we get to this, and I kind of made a thread where I was just tired of the whole thinking of it um, on Twitter. So I was a bit passive-aggressive where I was like, yeah, man, let's trade Julio Jones, the opportunity to get him. And, you know, we'll get a bunch of picks down the line. We're going to be great because of it. And you go down and, hey, we could take Khalil Mack here, but, you know, let's not take Khalil Mack. Let's trade back, you know, get get two guys in the first round and, and really show it in this deep 2014 draft. And then we can go even to the original 2017 draft. It's like, hey, we could have Deshaun here to pair with Miles Garrett and set ourselves up in the future. Or we could not take Deshaun, you know, stink for the next four, well, four out of the next five seasons and then trade three first to get Deshaun anyways. That sounds like it makes sense it to does, me. It, right? that, like, that's where they're yeah. at. That's where they're at. <laughs> Listen, let's finish this out yeah. real quick and then we'll come back. Because I think you're saying something that I want to hit on, which is very fair. So finishing this out, because I promise it's quick. Carlos Hyde goes for a random tackle. Houston gets him in 19. The actual, the best return that we saw a team get since 2013 outside of, um, we'll get to the trade in 2013, was a third round pick. You know who acquired that third round pick? The Browns for Duke Johnson. Who? Who they draft. (laughs) Jacob Phillips. Hey, look, that's a feather in the cap for whoever was able to get a third round pick. But again, all that that yielded, Jacob Phillips. Sixth round pick, Chicago acquired for Jordan Howard. Fifth round pick, the Browns acquired for Carlos Hyde. 
Uh, Oakland sent a fifth rounder for Cordell Patterson. Uh, sorry, acquired a fifth rounder for Cordell Patterson. A fourth rounder goes to uh, Miami for Jay Ajayi, who goes to Philadelphia. Who was helpful in their Super Bowl run that year. Very helpful, Jay Ajayi, he was for Philly that year. Mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson goes to Arizona. I don't even remember this trade. The six-round pick goes back to New Orleans. Dude, Adrian Peterson got traded to Arizona? Yeah, from New Orleans. <laughs> Think about that. Um, Denver acquires a fourth-round pick <laughs> for Capri Bibbs. No clue. Uh, Seventeen. So here's a Marshawn Lynch trade. Goes from Seattle. He goes for a fifth-round pick, which does turn into Trey Flowers, a decent player. But nonetheless, a fifth. Like they sent Marshawn off for a fifth. And correct me if I'm wrong, the Marshawn trade came about because Oakland, well, they, he basically was retired unless you traded him to Oakland, right? 100%. That was, he He strong-armed yeah. him into that. Yep. Yeah. And he was okay in Oakland. He was he was relatively fine for them for a couple of years. Um, but again, it kind of works its way back. Like, here's the guys that got traded. Christine Michael, Zach Stacy, late LaShawn McCoy from Philly goes to uh, um, Buffalo for Kiko Alonzo. But I'm telling there's nothing. I mean, there's just nothing here. Kenyon, Kenyon Barner goes to Philly in 2014. The only trade since 2013 to pull back a first round pick was Trent Richardson. That's the only one. And I'm scrolling through, like looking for more going back again, all of 2013, Deion Lewis for Emmanuel H.O. The Browns got a, uh, that's just a funny trade in hindsight, but you're looking at 2010, like again, Marshawn going from Buffalo to Seattle, Marshawn yielded a fourth and a fifth for Buffalo. That's it. Like you're, I mean, you're not, I think people think you live in this fantasy world where you get back these big returns from a bunch of teams willing to give them. Now, again, like the only example we have outside of the Duke Johnson trade. And again, a reminder, the two backs that we've had traded since 2014, that wasn't Trent Richardson that went for a third round or above player, two guys who are multifaceted guys. Duke Johnson was a pass-catching running back who was a scat back. Christian McCaffrey, at his core, is a pass-catching dual-threat running back. Nick is a single-action guy, right? And he's great at it. But I just I think that at the core of this, at the very beginning, like, hey, you have this idea to trade, and that's great. Everyone can come up with angles to trade. You got to have somebody that wants the player. And who out there wants the player is my point. Like, you have to have a team desperate. Who's desperate for running backs as we all change our mind around it? And like, you're talking about people who are making the argument to you, Quincy, that running backs don't matter. And I, and this argument has been around a while and I get it. And like, Hey, if you can get a wide receiver, Hey, you think the Broncos are going to trade you like Jerry Judy for him? Do you think so? Like what real deal do you think is going to happen? That is going to matter. Like, I, I just think that people are kind of living in this fantasy world where a running back like Nick Chubb, who is again, just a singular, what he does really well is run and it's great. He's great at it. He's a dog, but like it's very specific. And I think that teams aren't always hankering. And especially you have to consider Quincy. I'm sure you've done a little studying in this. This is a deep running back class, a really deep running back class that I think a lot of teams want to take a guy. So like, I just think that this is, uh, I, I guess it's much to do about nothing because I just don't think that like we all thought a Kareem Hunt was going to get traded Ain't nobody interested. Nobody wanted him. The same here. Not that teams don't want Nick, but they don't want Nick for the things you think is worth trading Nick for, which is the like, I don't think there's a Carolina return that they got from San Francisco just sitting out there. I just don't. I could be proven wrong on that in a month, but like, I just don't think that's sitting out there first and foremost. And to your point, you start to then 
what do you do with that? Right. It's like, it's just so very rare that you look at these and you're like, man, they got it all figured out. Like we'll look back at this McCaffrey trade and try to figure it out. But like, I mean, I certainly think there's a very logical trade discussion to be had here. If a team actually came up to you and said, we'll give you two, three, four and a five in the following draft, it would be hard to turn that down. But I think the larger picture with Nick of a proven player in a win now situation, again, the Carolina situation was different, right? Carolina was done. They were done as a team. Mm-hmm. They knew it. So they're shipping out a player that they just wanted something back for because you're not winning. McCaffrey's not taking you anywhere. If the Browns are really good and they do throw it more, I think, like, let me put it this way to you, and I'll let you take off with this. If they do become the team we think they're going to, and I think they're going to throw it a ton more, I think they're going to be in the gun more, I still think Nick is a very useful player from the gun in a variety of different run schemes from the gun, and he's not two left hands on his body. He can still catch it relatively okay. For, for for some things that they'll want to do with that position. So it's not like he can't catch it a little bit. Like, I just think the value of Nick is better than any, what realistic trade would a, a team like Cleveland, who's trying to recreate picks, like a fourth and a fifth, like a maybe, like, are you maybe going to get a third? I just don't think that ultimately don't think it's worth it. And if you're like, I just would rather come off of Nick's salary cap money. Well, I don't know, man. Like, I think he's still worth it for a couple years. I just like, again, I think there's two ways to look at this. Is a trade worth doing? I could be talked into a lot of trades with Nick Chubb, but it's like, where's that offer coming from that you think is out there? Because there's no, there's no precedence for this, right? There's no precedence of a team in a win now Super Bowl mindset just saying, ah, here's one of our five best players. Just, you know, we'll ship them out for a, a third and a fifth. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, who are we trading him to, too, that is a big question. Because, like, the cat, the Browns wanted to win now. Like, they're not going to want to just trade him to somebody that they feel like like if baltimore was like hey we'll give you that for him you're not going to trade him to baltimore you know what i mean so you're you're you're, the market's kind of limited because you're trying to win right your example with christian mccaffrey is a great one because they didn't care who got christian mccaffrey because at the end of the day panthers weren't really trying to win football games last year so they were just trying to get rid of christian mccaffrey we're not in that situation to where we could just be careless about where we dump off nick chubb to because that could be something that pites us in the butt um and it's like yeah that's the thing i always circle back to with most trades and running back trades especially is 
yeah, it's just more valuable to have the player. Like we get so obsessed with, hey, I don't want to lose this guy for nothing. That's okay. Like sometimes having a guy play out his contract is fine. Like, you know, you can get a comp pick if he gets a big deal somewhere else. Um, you know, you're not gonna be left with nothing. And if you aren't, you know, you had Nick Chubb for two years on a pretty good number. So it's not that the biggest deal in the world if you don't have if you don't get this like tremendous return for Nick Chubb. And again, like you mentioned, very unlikely you get this crazy return for Nick Chubb. That's going to make it like, you know, if you get like a Godfather offer for him, sure. But like, there's no evidence to suggest. There's no, go through the teams real quick. Like you're talking, okay, would you do Nick Chubb for one of these wide receiver, hot button wide receivers, the Cardinals? Why, why on earth would they take back two years of Nick Chubb's money? Like why they're all trying to offload, Mm -hmm. Hopkins money why would they take back Nick's money we'd have to give them a pick to do that in my opinion on top of mm-hmm. Nick we'd be like a Nick and a fifth for their third or, or Hopkins in like a sixth or something you know what I'm saying like it would have to be some okay the Texans Damian Pierce they're not doing the Broncos right maybe the Broncos want to uh, go a little crazy they'll send Jerry Judy for him they have Javante Williams I know he's coming off major injury but they don't want to two years of Nick's money right like who else is out there the Seahawks going to do that trade for Tyler Lockett? No. Why would the Seahawks do that? They got young backs, man. Like these teams, like who is craving a running back that is really going out of style? Like that, this, this wide zone stuff is matriculating sort of away more than it's coming into focus. So I just think Nick Chubb's best value as I thought through it, I was watching it all day and I had to post something about it. Cause I was like, I just, I don't even want to get into it. Like I was just watching all day and I'm thinking, this is fun to like have a fantasy world about trading people, but who's actually giving you those picks that's in a because a team that's going after Nick Chubb is in a win now mode. You're not gonna you're not you're not gonna see like the the I don't know who else is out there. I'm who was it the early picks in this thing? Like you're not gonna see the Colts. Like are the Colts gonna they have Jonathan Taylor? Like they're not gonna make that trade. So I don't know, man. I don't know what option. I just think we're talking about something that's got like a like a one percent, like a half a percent chance of even getting an offer to make sense for that kind of mm-hmm. trade. So yeah, this isn't I like trading Miles Garrett. Where we know we can get a ridiculous oh, offer for Miles, 100%. right? Like, like this is that we're talking about this as if like this is like a known, like you know, you could get this for Nick Chubb, and it's like the only thing we know about Nick Chubb is that he's good at running wide zone right now. Like that's what we know, um, and that's that's the only known quantity in this conversation and to act like, Oh, we will you be crazy to turn down this or that. It's like, we have no idea what we would even be getting for Nick Chubb. Sure. There'll be offers. And we did this with, with Kareem hunt last year. Where it was like, Oh, we can get a, remember this. We get second round pick for Kareem hunt conversation. People were having oh, God, all summer. Huge. And it was like the best offer we got was like a fifth round pick. I think maybe a fifth. I don't even think it was that it might've been conditional. Uh, we did this with Baker Mayfield last year too, where people were, pie in the sky about what we were going to get for Baker Mayfield. Um, You know, the truth is if you want to trade a player and it's because you're not happy with that player's level of output, you're probably not going to get that much out of him. We do this thing as fans too, where it's like, I don't like this player. We should trade him, but we're going to get like a huge return for trading him because they don't know he bad. It's like, they got the same access to the games that we do. Yes, they know. They know, man. Um, So it's, it's trade value 
talking about it on Twitter. Uh, I accidentally walked into that one just because I saw it and I was like, yeah, I get why you would do this on paper, but I don't think that's what you want to do as a win now team is get rid of Nick Chubb. And then I just walked into something that I, I did yeah. not know. And this him, is bro. like the second time this week. I was talking about like trading back. And apparently I walked into something there where I'm like, I don't want to trade back. And that was like a whole thing there, too. And it's I forget what time of the year it was. I took a break from Twitter and I just kind of walked in casually while I was watching XFL games to tweet about the Browns. And boy, oh, boy, I did not know where we were at. (laughs) It's spicy, man. Most people are talking like combo pick and opening up cap space, but it's not like I just don't see it working out in terms of the compensation. You're just giving up a guy in his prime who who can help you still help you it's not like nick is on like the ezekiel elliott path here he still is really good so again if he was playing football like ezekiel elliott was over the last year or two i get the discussion more so but we're not talking about that they made the deal now again i think you could go back to this the deal the, the situation with taking a running back who's a one it was more again i'm not trying to say nick can't do other things it's just we've seen it he's got a limited scope as a pass catcher so like my thing is here, when you take these guys and they end up hitting, think Derrick Henry, think Dalvin Cook, those molds, and Josh Jacobs is kind of in the situation now with the, with Oakland or Las Vegas as he gets franchise tagged today. It's almost a curse because when they're really good for four years, and I have said this many times because people were of the belief, Quincy, that like the Browns are going to be the team that doesn't pay a running back. You know what happens every time these dominant running backs dominate their first four years? They get a second contract. Every single team mm-hmm. gives them one. And I'm with yeah. you. Would I rather give the money? Like, would I rather give Nick Chubb's money to like a, a 27, 28 year old, really good receiver? Yeah, I, I would. But that fantasy world is not just floating out there. Like, it's just not there the way you think it is right now. It could, I guess, in some way, like, again, the 1% chance it could materialize over the next few months, but it's just not out there. We don't have proof of this. So, to me, it's like, I don't really know. I think it's just, it kind of sucks. I, I hate that. I hate this is kind of how I feel. And I'll let you react to it. But like, it's great. I, I just keep thinking about when you teams take these, these young running. And again, like Jacobs is the best example of it right now, where every single team, and I had this argument when they were deciding whether they were going to keep Nick for another contract or not. They all do it. We have not seen one team just say, screw it. Pittsburgh's the closest we've seen come to really doing this. Now, they did the tag, so they cheated a little bit. They didn't let him go after four years uh, of just kind of having great production where he was an all-pro in 2017, the first year of the tag at $12 million. Then in 2018, they tagged him again at 14 and, uh, 14 and a half. He didn't play. So they didn't pay him, but they did give him two tag years. He sat out an entire season. The Jets then gave him $52 million over four. Mm-hmm. When we see one team buck the trend there, but for now, and I even thought this, like I love Nick Chubb. Like I really think he's a great human, a great running back. It's all fun. But like I just kept thinking this is going to be a burden. <laughs> it's going to be a tough decision for them where we're in that situation right now where you have these discussions of, yeah, we probably would rather reallocate the $19 million of cap savings maybe to some other, but you you paid him. Most often happens with these guys is you pay him and then they suck. They start yeah. doing the decline. He's not and, there yet. He's still playing great football. That's important. Yeah. And the, the thing is, is like when we talk, I think something gets conflated here because people talk about like running backs don't have 
value towards winning. And it's like, no, good running backs do help you win football games. It's just how consistent is that same running back over a span of 10 years going to be playing at that level to help you win football games? But if Nick Chubb's playing at a high level, that's going to be a tremendous boon for you to help win football games, especially if Deshaun Watson can get back to form. Now you have defenses kind of in a bind where it's like you have trouble on, on both uh, facets of the game. And it's it's one of those things with Nick where it's like with him, I just want to ride it out. Like mm-hmm. I would rather ride it out in, hey, if we ride it out one year too long, okay. And if that's on his current deal, okay cool we can move on from there but again the the, this goes back to trade value when you talk about losing a player for nothing we're usually talking about quarterbacks and edge rushers because they have tremendous trade value known trade value right if you're going to lose a quarterback in free agency you're going to trade that quarterback to get a lot of return because you can with the quarterback if you're going to lose an edge rusher in free agency you're going to trade that guy before he goes to free agency to get a lot of return because you can for a guy like that but it's not like that for running back. So if you're not going to get a tremendous return for a tremendous player, you might as well just have the tremendous player under contract. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, that's just how I look at it. Um, and Nick Chubb is a tremendous player. And if he's playing at a tremendous level, he helps you win. I had somebody on Twitter say, like, he's not going to be more helpful to winning than like an average edge rusher. And I was like, wow, are we at this point? where like i get that positions have different value but i think we're overweighting what that means um and sometimes value is more like hey how often can you find a player that could be average level at this position versus um a different one and running backs one of those ones where it gets tricky because you can find good running back play off the street sometimes um but you can't find nick chubb off the street like that that's yeah. not happening. So it, like he's never had a season below five yards a carry. Like this is <laughs> this is a very good player playing at a very high level still. Um, and if you know you all make the argument that he's not going to bounce back from having a three hundred yard uh, three hundred uh, attempt, that was one of the arguments that he had three hundred rushing attempts, and that he doesn't he's not going to bounce back from that. Well, the year he had three hundred. Uh, rushing attempts he had like 298 in 2019 that next year was 2020 where the browns had their most successful year in franchise history so again i think numbers in averages and that really helps for players who are closer to that median line with nick chubb it's also this weird game of he's never he's not been an average player his whole career so it's like how close can we expect his career to follow those averages like he might be an outlier he might not, but he's not so expensive to where it, it would be costly to this team's future um, to hang on. Like, this is not one of those things where it's like, oh, we hung on to Nick Chubb for two years and missed out on getting a bunch of good players because of it. Like, this is the contract that if it, the player is not playing at a high level, that's going to hurt us is Deshaun Watson. And that's fine to take that risk for a quarterback. Nick Chubb's contract isn't there. So I just I thought the whole conversation was kind of dismissive of like, the level of player that Nick Chubb is. And it's also unrealistic on what the, what the reality is of trading a running back in today's NFL, where most GMs aren't really trying to like, (laughs) aren't really trying to break the bank to get a new running back. I mean, like this is a landscape where running backs have a hard time going in the first round. 
in a draft. I'm it is. Like. And he's 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 playing 27, so it's not like he's 24 here. So it's not like he's young. like you got to look at it from the opposing GM side where it's like again, what am I giving up? Why am I giving it up? What's the state of our franchise? And when you look around the teams at the win now mindset, they just aren't giving up those picks for those players to the point that you think that they are. So I just think that this is rooted in uh, a lack of reality of the recent trademark. And everyone wants to point at McCaffrey. They're not the same player, man. They're not the same player. And as you sit here in the off season, you don't find desperation like that in the off season. You find desperation like that week eight, nine. Oh, because you know everybody think like, they can get it. Yeah, everybody convinced themselves that they could get the next Nick Chubb in the draft, right? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so 100%. easy to convince. Like, I, I talk. You need about an this injury time, like, situation. You need an injury you know, situation. What one right? of my th- the things I was talking about that was funny is like after the draft, we feel like we filled all these holes because we drafted players at certain positions. And then like September comes, it's like, no, we we didn't fill any holes. We just drafted players at that position, um, you know, because it, it's real easy in this portion of the season to feel like, oh, you could just plug a hole in the draft or you could just go into free agency and, and get this taken care of. So if you're another if you're trying to convince another GM to trade for a running back, you're fighting an uphill battle. Man, like somebody could just say, hey, if I really wanted to run it back that bad, I just draft B. John Robinson. Like there are multiple good running backs in this draft. So in GM's minds, they're thinking, oh, yeah, I could get a he might not be Nick Chubb, but he might be, you know, for for three, four years on his rookie deal. He might be one of the better running backs in the NFL. I'd rather take that. If that's where I want to go with the first round pick, like if if somebody was desperate enough to trade for Nick Chubb, they would be desperate enough to draft one of those two guys. And it's more likely that they just draft one of those two guys because they're younger, they're cheaper and, you know, more control. Yep. And, and I'm looking at the McCaffrey trade because this is the only recent precedence that you have for a trade of a running back yielding some kind of return that is positive. The Panthers were one in five. This, the, the trade deadlines, first of November, the trade was made like a week before it. And, like, that's the thing. The 49ers had injuries at running back. McCaffrey was on a team. So, if the Brown, here's the formula. Here's the only formula I see where this could come to fruition, Quincy. The Browns start terrible, two and six next year, one and one and five. And then a team is in a running back debacle. And maybe somebody like a Buffalo wants to trade for him or something. That's it. That's the only way that that trade that you see for McCaffrey, which was ushered in by a team on the other end of the trade conversation being all in win now dealing with injuries and your team was out of it sucked because if the Panthers were five and one, guess what they're not doing? They're not trading Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey. (laughs) Bingo. So that's the only way that I see this coming to fruition. This is the only way. So I think again, it's a lot of it's good. It reminds me so much of the Baker conversations last year, man. It really does. Because remember the whole part of the season where like, hey, we should we should hold Baker Mayfield's career Mm -hmm. hostage because somebody might get injured at some point, and then we can demand a heist for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I I I didn't think that was happening because I don't think people valued Baker Mayfield that highly to think that he's gonna be somebody that's gonna change your season uh any much different than like uh the guy that they have on the practice squad like it's just it's one of those things where trade value can become whatever you want it to be in march but it's a very different reality um in, in september i agree man any other thing to hit on before we get out of here you like some of these edge rushers are becoming available right i think flank uh frank clark uh leonard floyd um, I definitely think they got to go get one of these guys who just hit the market. Maybe not a linebacker like Kendricks, but I certainly would like to see them 
attack some sort of released veteran edge or something something along those lines. Uh, a lot of good middling ones. I, my my thing is like the Charles Ominiu Okoronkwo group. Hopefully they become cheaper as these bigger names. Bud Dupree was also released today. Hit the market. You know what I'm saying? They need to get somebody real opposite miles on top of the defensive tackle situation too. Yeah, and if I'm the Browns, I think that's the market that's really going to be useful for them is because they're kind of priced out of the like 26, 27 year old edge rusher that's on the rise, kind of, kind of trying to get a second mm-hmm. deal, and they're more or less in that guy whose second deal kind of worked out. But, you know, it's it, the Bud Dupree is like a great example of like where you would kind of be shopping at. Right. Um, these guys who might think they have a higher value, they might end up overweight. They might end up overshooting their uh, window when it comes to the free agency. So maybe they think they're going to get a big deal on day one or two of free agency. They hold out. They don't get that deal. And then two, three weeks later, that price comes down. And it's like a Jadavion Clowney situation two years ago where you get a guy a little bit on a discount um, because he kind of ran out of options. And the more guys that answer that market, I think the better. But I want to ask you about a draft prospect. He's been somebody that I think I've been thinking pretty high of. I'm interested to see what you think of him. Yeah. Uh, my guy, Osagun Olawatimi out of Michigan. He's a center. How, how do you feel about him? Big into a man. Very smart guy. He does a, a lot of modern NFL system stuff. Duo, climbing on inside zone. He's a good first to second level player. And I've been mocking as often as I can, usually around pick 90, sorry, 111. I'm open to it around pick 111 to like the 190 where I'm like, I would like a backup interior player or a guy who you can come in and play center right away because, and I addressed this yesterday uh, or the day before, I'm not sure when I addressed it, but I, I even tweeted about it. There's just some mystery around Nick Harris, man, and like what he ultimately returns looking like from a knee injury and his knees take a lot of torque for how, undersized he is and all of that so i am interested mm. in adding somebody on the interior whether a um day three draft pick uh, like like your your boy there you mentioned um or you know some cheap free agent because they can develop these guys I, th- I think he's fascinating man like he would be a uh, he would challenge for that job right away he's on the list i've drafted him several different times to talk about other twitter minefields that you end up accidentally falling into are you mm. marvin mims or are you still team tyler scott <laughs> I like Tyler Scott more. I like Tyler Scott more, but Marvin Mims tested the way I thought he would. It depends on where you want to get a guy. And like, I think some of the value of these guys are really interesting because like Tyler Scott, Dane Brugler loves Tyler Scott and I do too. I think Tyler Scott has a lot more route diversity than people think. His hips are really good. Mm. I was bummed. He didn't do the three cone and agility uh, testing shuttle testing at the, at the combine. Cause I think he can do a lot more drop in the hips than a vertical guy. And I think Mims is more of a vertical guy. But again, to me, it's like, what do you want? And I think Scott can do a bit more, but the very, like some people think Tyler Scott's going to be there around pick 98. Then there's people like Dane Brugler, who I respect Dane a ton. And he's like, Hey man, he's a top 45 prospect for me. And he's gone by pick 42 potentially. So it's like his value is all over the board. So we'll see what he runs in Cincy. I don't think Mims is going to get any better at his Oklahoma pro day, but I'll certainly be paying attention to his agility numbers. Scott's got to do a little bit better. Maybe uh, his 10 yard split was pretty strong, but uh, I would like him to do a little bit better. And then I would certainly like him to blow the water out uh, with, the, with the agility stuff. But there's a lot of – I mean, this is a good draft for the pick 42 to pick 98 to pick 111. There's a lot of fun wide receiver guys you can get there. But, again, it's like if Matthew Barry's point today 
is that the Browns are going to like, like they're going to trade for it. And then we might not even need it. Like there's two positions that I just love drafting. I love drafting wide receivers. And I love drafting running backs, just a habit. They might not draft either of them if they make a trade. Cause they got some, you know, there's Amari Cooper still got a year left. You got, you know, you got Donovan people's joint. And people are always like draft ahead, draft ahead. Well, you don't want a guy to sit on your bench for two years of his rookie contract. Like you want guys yeah. to come in and play. So I think that that fallacy of like, well, you draft, they're not drafting for 2023. They're drafting for 2026. Okay. Wh- what? No one, this isn't college football. Like guys don't come to the NFL and get better <laughs> by parking their ass on the bench. Like that's not a thing. So they're drafting a year ahead. And I think that you could, you could talk me into a wide receiver no matter what, because you're looking at like Amari Cooper is going to be done after next year, potentially. I think he's got another year in him, but potentially the done. DPJ. DPJ and contract situation coming up. I can, I can be talked into that, but like for right now, if they go get somebody, a cooks or whoever the floated names are, they're not going to, they're not going to force a pick at 42 or 98 in a wide receiver. You're just kind of going to play that field. And if somebody like a Trey Palmer sitting there at 142 or something like that, you could, you could go after that type of guy, but like, we got to see so much stuff play out, but, but there's, there's a, there's a world in which they just don't take either of those positions. I love drafting there because they just, you know, but people forget about Jerome Ford a lot. They just don't talk about him. And he's, I think he's talented. He just didn't get a lot of opportunity because they're pretty loyal to Kareem. Um, but he should, he should have an uptick in opportunity this year. And it's like kind of balancing that. And, you know, you and I are sitting here talking about how more likely than unlikely it is that Nick Chubb's here two more years. Well, you draft a guy now, you're eating two years of his rookie deal up where he's not even a factor on this thing. So it's dicey. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's real. It's real interesting what's going to happen this March because this is, this is, I think, you know, we've said this before, but I think this is like, truly an offseason unlike any other because we've never been at this point as a franchise to where we're not just all in because we think we might have a good quarterback we're all in because we paid a quarterback um into sean watson and that changes the calculus and, and the energy and the motivation um behind things and i think it's going to be interesting to see how they choose to capitalize on this what they think is going to make Deshaun better, right? I think there is a question on what does he need from that wide receiver position? Does he need somebody who's more of a vertical guy or do they need somebody who can uh, run a more diverse set of routes? Like, is that something that's going to help him, right? More separator than that. I don't know Mm -hmm. what they think the answer to that is. That's going to be up to them, Kevin, uh, AVP, and Deshaun. They're going to have to put their heads together and decide what do they need to win? Um, and the same thing with the defensive side of this equation, because they got to figure out some solutions. They got to make some big adjustments um, because they can't have what happened last year happen this year, which is basically play 500 football. That's not going to be make anybody happy this year. They got to be a contender, um, at least to make the playoffs, if not a contender, once they get inside the playoffs and they got to start doing it now because miles isn't getting any younger. Nick Chubb isn't getting any younger as long as he stays on the team. Um, and Deshaun uh, Watson, he's not getting any younger. I know he has a year off, but that doesn't, you know, it's funny when like a player doesn't play for a year, we act like he didn't age, but like I'm old at 27 and I ain't played no years in the NFL, Jake. Like I got no, no, no tackles on me, but you know, <laughs> age still does its thing, you know? Uh, so Deshaun, he, he's a year older, right? Like we're getting close to that. You know, some of our guys are going to be 30 and who's to say that Deshaun doesn't age well. Who's to say that miles doesn't age well. Who's to say that uh, Nick Chubb doesn't age well, but at that point we're betting against the odds. So, you know, this is the window where you got to get things done and sense of urgency has to be there. And it seems like the sense of urgency is there from everything that we've seen, but limited insight from, from this point 
to that to from the end of the season to here, we're really going to find out um, at the middle of the March and at the end of April what the plan is and how serious they are about taking advantage of this window. And I think they are. Well said. We're going to close with this. Cleveland's offense, this is the quote directly from Matthew Barry, and I've got one quick question for you after this, okay? This is the quote that we kind of started why the Nick Chubb stuff started today. I mentioned Matthew Barry's quote. Cleveland's offense is going to be really interesting next year, he said. These are nuggets he took away from the scouting combine. Look for the Browns to add speed wide receiver this offseason to go along with Amari Cooper. One source told me they're really going to open that offense up. Go five wide, pass a lot. This is Deshaun Watson's offense, not Nick Chubb's. They'll pass a lot more than folks expect. Hey, if you get lighter boxes, if you spread people out, you live in the gun, you get light boxes, you know who would be really fun to have? Nick Chubb. Somebody who, you know. Nick Chubb. Yeah. It, it would be. And like, we were like, he can't run out the gun. I'm like, I saw Georgia tape. He can run out the gun. He's fine. He ran out of the gun in 2019. That's all he did. He lived in the gun in 2019. Like, we have one hand. We can acknowledge that Nick Chubb is like a top five player running back. And look, his skill set is not changing, but he's really good at running the football. And people are convinced that like, if he has to take these carries from three yards back to what he's used to or from a different spot to what he used to that he is just the assumption is that he cannot do it and that's just it's nick chubb y'all like he's gonna be fine running the football he's done it plenty of different ways plenty of different times in the nfl and in college in his career before um and yeah is the offense changing absolutely deshaun's gonna get the ball a lot more and he's gonna be in control of this did you trade it for deshaun for that reason you know you're not gonna get that far if your running back's the best player on your offense we know that because the tennessee titans haven't really gotten to an afc championship game behind that model but that doesn't mean that nick chubb becomes completely useless <laughs> like, yep. you know like that doesn't mean nick yep. chubb's just gonna be sitting there getting getting four carries a game like no there, there is a balance they're still gonna have to run the football and from everything we know about kevin he's probably gonna have a closer to balance um run pass uh ratio than what we're assuming right now unless like they have to throw a lot like kevin loves to run the football like, it's in his dna um everywhere he's been and called plays he loves to run the football i don't think that's going to go away but they're not going to be reliant on running the football and that's going to be different and the spots in which they choose to run the football are going to be a little different but i don't think that's going to change um nick chubb's importance to this offense as it becomes as an impact player because he's going to be real helpful. This guy who breaks the most tackles in the NFL for like his whole career. You give him less people to have to break those tackles. I don't know, Jake, I'm, I wasn't great at math in college when I was in school, but I feel like if you add Nick Chubb plus lighter people to tackle him, I feel like you're going to get a lot of bro broken tackles throughout the season. Um, but It'd be I, nice to see him operate in space. You know, you know with some help. Congestion. Like, why, why can't we have the conversations like we do with basketball? Oh, now Nick Chubb has help. Why can't we do that? Why Why we got to go to well, now one got to go? It's to, to bring it to basketball, this is what somebody had said to me earlier today. Like, hey, I think that the, the, there should be a discussion around where the offense is going and, like, what Nick Chubb's great at. Yeah, Nick Chubb is really great, I would agree, at, at running back from, from a single back. You could put an eye back in front of full back in front of him occasionally, whatever. Uh, he's great downhill guy. He's a great wide zone. He's a great gap runner from an under center look, but it's like Chris Paul, right? Take if you took or Kevin Durant, cause he's, he's an all timer, Kevin Durant. You say, KD, you can't shoot anything eight to 15. You're just taking away your mid range game, brother. Can't do it. 
can't shoot those anymore. You know what he's going to do? He's going to be fine. He's going to shoot plenty of threes. He's going to beat you off the dribble. He's going to post you up and find ways to get into the paint. He's going to be just fine. It's the same with Nick Chubb. Maybe his best part of his game is gone, but that doesn't mean he still can't run for 1,500 yards and be a big part of what you do. So that's 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 important stuff to remember uh, when you look at this whole thing. I, we covered it all, Quincy. We've nailed this. We cannot cover Nick Chubb in this fictitious, fictitious, right? That's the right word. Uh, trade market, anybody than what we did. Mary Kay Cabot put out a piece tonight. She's saying they're not trading him. Who knows? I, they're not trading him. There's just the, 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 the return will not match that. It will mean Barry got that got that question from one from a beat reporter uh-huh. because there was so much noise, right? That somebody had to ask, hey, is there any plans to trade Nick Chubb? And he just looked at his phone like, what? Like, no. The funny thing it says is like Matt Barry's nugget doesn't say they're looking to trade Nick Chubb either. It just it caught wind today. Like it just it, it was just, just a suggestion that he it, this happens yeah. so much too, where somebody merely suggests that like it happens with Mary Kay all the time where she suggests something and people lose their mind and act like that's what's gonna happen. Um, but it's like he just suggested that this might happen based on some trends that he's seeing with the offense that we've kind of already discussed for a while, right? That we know this offense is going towards a more Deshaun focus um, attack, but like that didn't mean he said trade him. It did not. Listen, we appreciate your insight, man. I think we covered this as best we can, like respecting one side of it, understanding where if there was the right deal offered, it could come to, it's not, it's just what tells you that's going to happen. There's nothing that tells you that. So we're living in a fantasy world, and I think that you have to remember to put some respect on the man's name. He will still find ways to contribute and be really good here. He still has not shown regression at the at the, on tape anything to me. He's still he almost had one of his best years period last year. So if you're trying to project he's going downhill, that's you. That's you trying to say you think, and it's just a it's just a prediction. And, and it's living in conjecture because right now Nick is better than ever. Yep. You know, this is going to be great, Jake. During the season, I feel like people put out these tweets just so during the season, if Nick Chubb breaks off a 70 yarder, we could be on Twitter, sassy, talk about some. Oh, y'all want to trade Nick Chubb. You know, I don't want to hear about nobody ever wanting to trade Nick Chubb. This is all this is setting up is like the first time Nick has like a pretty impressive run is the the smattering of tweets that are going to come out on. Hmm. Seems like a good player to have on the roster. You know, it's it because we do this with Miles Garrett all the time. I feel like people only suggest trading Miles Garrett so people can get their dunks in when Miles Garrett gets like 16 sacks and like 17 games. Like it's just it's yeah. it's it's just a hilarious conversation we keep doing to ourselves. Keep doing it. Listen, when those dunkings happen, uh, when, as you said, the sassy tweets happen, check the date. It'll be March 6th. You'll see a lot of those retweet dunkings happening from original <laughs> March 6th tweets. Quincy, thanks for your time, man. Your insights. Uh, always a pleasure, man. Appreciate you. No problem, man. You have a great day. Guys, that's it for today. We'll check back in tomorrow. We're doing a live dueling mock draft with Pete Smith. I will reshare the Twitch and YouTube airing of that. That's live at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Join us for that. Should be a fun time going through some mock draft thinking live. We have not done that yet, so excited to do so. Check that out. Otherwise, continue to check out the daily content at the OBR. A lot of free agent probability stuff going up, which is fun to look at. We're shifting over to edge players, starting with Marcus Davenport tomorrow. So check that out. Thanks for your time. Thanks for being here. The OBR Film Breakdown. We appreciate you. We are out. Go Browns. Go Browns.